You're listening to The Other Side, a podcast designed to help people, regardless of their experience, figure out how to make that leap and thrive in the ever-changing and chaotic business world. I'm James Awana, a recent graduate who's trying to find his place in this crazy world. And I'm Renata Squario, a senior executive of 30 years, who's worked in some of Australia's largest organisations. And as my daughters grow up, I want this to be my legacy for them and the next generation. The world of work is changing and I want to help them and you thrive on the other side. Welcome back to another episode of The Other Side Podcast. I'm James and with me is Ren and today's episode is all about networking. And this is an interesting episode, at least in uh, the experiences that I have had. Networking was always kind of an interesting kind of mummy or daddy kind of joke. Uh, We would see a lot of the other kids just use their parents' network or people that they knew to get these amazing jobs and the rest of us would kind of just roll our eyes and laugh that mummy and daddy got them a job or something along those lines. But I think, Ren, that they might have been onto something and they might actually be the real winners out of all of this and the joke is firmly planted on me. It's interesting, James. Hey, listeners, networking is, as a term is, I think, misunderstood and you're right. I think the the younger we are, we think that networking means talking to random people about things we don't really want to talk about. And then, you know, they're probably friends of our parents and they turn up and you've got to kind of put on a face and pretend like you are interested in what they're talking about to give them a good impression of yourself. Hey, but that's how we started. (laughs) That's true, actually. You're right. Uh, And, you know, of course, there's always this overlay of nepotism where people look on other people who are getting jobs through mummy and daddy's network, absolutely. But I guess, James, what you're reflecting on is once we get into the real world of actually getting a job, I think it becomes really obvious that it is a really competitive sport. Let's just call it that, right? It's it is it, it's competitive. Getting a job is not easy. And like any competitor, the more talented you are, you have to start looking for those one percenters that are going to give you the difference. I think you and I talked about this concept of, you know, if a marathon runner can wear a pair of shoes that's going to make them run faster, then they're going to buy those shoes and they're going to really wear them proudly to see if they are going to help them run faster. With networking, if you've got people that you know that can open doors for you where you want to work in your area of chosen industry interest – I would be asking those people to help you because in a competitive world, if someone can open a door for you, I would go for that. I would definitely go for that. And we're going to hear a bit later in the episode from some people that we're going to interview uh, around their experience on how networking's made a difference for them in tough career situations where they were trying to get a job in difficult circumstances and how networking helped them. But I know that you've got some examples as well, James. I know that you were saying you wanted to share them with the listeners. I've had a few networking experiences recently. Uh, I mean, first of all, yourself and myself, we sort of started this friendship 
through a networking dinner-ish. I mean, you're quite good friends with my mum and she thought it'd be a great idea for for us to meet and unfortunately we hit it off and became good friends from that. Unfortunately for who? Oh, sorry, wrong word. Uh, my bad. <laughs> oh, my God, James. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, first and foremost, we're here through just having dinner together and just chatting and and just talking about random-ass things, about random-ass topics and just hitting it off. Uh, but uh, more recently, I went to a sort of quasi-drinks celebration thingy is my scientific word for everything and uh yeah and uh another friend of mum's who again happened to like me as well she she tagged me along and um I got to meet some cool people I got to meet uh someone who you know like us started a startup and and is doing quite well and uh we exchanged numbers um Again, after talking about some really random as things and random as topics, uh, and I talked to a guy who I think either owns or runs a radio station about Syrian politics for about an hour. So, you know, that's not quite the networking topic I expected to come up, but, you know, it was one of the most fascinating hours of my life. And I think he appreciated the fact that you know, we just got to talk like human beings and not like I was trying to find a job or anything like that. So that was that was a really handy dandy experience for me, you know, just getting to to get out there and I mean I, I like just meeting new people and being friendly and making friends. That's just something that I've always enjoyed and I don't know, it was just it kind of felt natural but still at the same time slightly awkward and a little bit a little bit anxious as well. So yeah. That was that experience. I think, James, you've, you've covered so many things that I want to unpick. Oh, my goodness, I'm, my eyes twitching. So the first thing is it's really important to, to know that when people are meeting you, they want to get to know you, right? We, I think we become quite inhibited about meeting new people because we're worried about being judged. But the reality is when people are meeting us, they are judging us. That's true. And it is true that every conversation is like an interview. But in general, humans are curious and they want to know about one another. So when you meet new people, if you open up and are, you know, who you are, you can be, you know, you can have some really great conversations like your Syrian politics conversation. And what, one of the other beautiful things that you would have impressed upon the gentleman you spoke to is just that you can carry yourself in a conversation I think we, particularly when we're young and when we don't think we've got a lot to add, people actually want to hear what we have to say. People wanted to hear what you had to say. And I think that would have given you the confidence. So forget about the networking opportunity and maybe it will and maybe it won't open doors for you. And we will talk about what you can do to follow up with some of those people and, and getting the guts to follow up once they've got to know you a bit, actually going back and going, you know, I really enjoyed a conversation with you. Can, can we explore some other things together? But we'll get to that in a minute. But 
that was just a great opportunity for you to practice communication skills, James. If you think about the the skills, the human skills that we keep talking about throughout the episodes, communication with impact is one of the key ones. People who do well in their careers are good communicators, are good storytellers. You only become a good storyteller by practicing telling your story. And so developing your strengths and a knowledge of those strengths, which you have done, and then going and talking to people and practicing your storytelling is the only real way of getting better at being a communicator. And the better communicator you are, the more jobs you're going to get. So all of it, it's all very virtuous. It's like an ecosystem of virtuous things. Hard things, I know. James, if you, listeners, you can't see, but James is like, oh, my God, it's so hard. But it's true. It's hard, but it's very rewarding. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, networking, you've had a couple of really good opportunities, James, and one of the things that I've talked to you about and encouraged you to do is to tell me what you're interested in and tell me the sorts of jobs you want to go for. And I am absolutely happy to make a LinkedIn connection, to give people your contact details, to tell people about you, because I believe in you and I believe in what you have to offer. And we are going to hear from a couple of uh, people later on in the episode, as I said. One of those people, I actually opened doors for her and I was happy to do so because I knew the quality of her work and I knew she was a really, really good individual. Someone who would do the right thing regardless of the role that they had and I was more than happy to connect her with people that I thought she would work well with and have good chemistry with and ultimately she's been really lucky to secure a job but she'll tell us a bit more about that later on. So with networking uh, I, I think before we hand over to our um, interviewees just want uh, you guys the listeners to, to really listen in on the core messages and to be curious and, and not go in um, with a fixed mindset around networking as an opportunity. Hopefully, James and I have been able to convince you that networking is an important and virtuous thing. But I, I really would love it if you would listen to those uh, interviews with, with that kind of really curious mindset around what the people who are telling you real stories uh, are hopefully going to impress upon you around the importance of networking. So enjoy and we will speak to you right at the end. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to the first of our interviews on the networking episode. I'm actually here with a young woman. Her name is Carla. And Carla, what I might get you to do is maybe just tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, the listeners will want to know a bit about you before we launch into a couple of questions on networking. Hi, everyone. So, um as Renata said, my name is Carla. I've worked in corporate for nine years. Um, I started in the grad program, quite large corporate um, that I worked in. I started in the grad program um, just out of uni, which was great, a rotational 18-month grad program. And um, after that, rotated all the way through the large, large company. And um, currently, I'm actually on maternity leave. So I am um, no longer at work at the moment. And um, that's a little bit about me. And Carla, before you worked at NAB, I know you worked a, a couple of retail jobs. Maybe tell us a bit about those and uh, also interested on your experience in those as opposed to a big corporate. I know that's not really the networking thing, but I think while we have you, it'd be good to hear just your different perspective on those two types of roles. 
So, um, yeah, before, before NAB, I worked at Tiffany & Co um, at Chadston, which is not for the faint-hearted, especially when people want to come in bargaining for jewellery and um, buying stuff for their loved ones. Um, I take all of my experiences professionally as um, building blocks towards really where I have come in my career. So, um, I look at, you know, you look at retail versus corporate, really the core fundamental skills are the same and I've really taken that out with me. So, you know, the ability to build relationships to communicate, to um, influence those around you, be it um, to get a project across the line or be it to someone, to get someone to buy, to feel comfortable to buy something special for, you know, um, a loved one and to spend potentially a little bit more money than they would be comfortable but to really make them, you know, comfortable in that decision. So for me, all the skills um, are important and the same. So I, I took every little bit in my career before corporate, you know, even on maternity leave and, and beforehand, things that are important and those skills I've taken with me in my day-to-day -day life as well. Well, thank you for that. Uh, that leads me to my next question, Carla, really around this theme that we've been exploring on this podcast around networking and some's some people's perception that it's like a form of nepotism. Uh, James spoke to some of our listeners around this concept that he used to have that, you know, mummy and daddy's network and, you know, you get a job through mummy and daddy. And as he became... I guess, uh, more realistic about his job prospects, he's ac he actually realised that to use your network is, is a strength. So I just want to hear your point of view, Colour, on this concept that, you know, using other people's networks is a form of using those people. Do you agree? Yeah, look, I, I certainly would agree. And I think um, networking is, is key and it's so important. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I'll share my own experiences, my own um, thought process going into, you know, a large corporate. Um, I, I was very sceptical going in and would always say, oh, I'm just not into networking, you know, forcing yourself to have conversations with people for the sake of it. Um, that would always – I would consider myself quite an outgoing person, but having to force those social interactions for me was always – that was a thought process that I had and that's what I – I um, thought networking would be and it's quite the contrary. So that's, that's my own personal thought process going in. I think networking is pivotal. It's key. When you talk about using mummy and daddy's networks, um, I, I wouldn't have thought that would be the case. Networking is day-to-day. Is -day. It's building relationships with those around you in all sorts of interactions that you have and, again, those building blocks go towards your network. So forming relationships with people, having them advocate for you, introduce you to someone else, that would be what I would see as networking and, again, would be would be key. I think from my perspective it's really important not to brand networking as being a specific thing and something that can be daunting and something that can be scary. I think networking is around being authentic, it's around building relationships and it's around using those relationships as stepping stones to potentially your next career or within your role as it stands. For example, um, in my role that I had quite a senior role within NAB, I would say I would use networking in my day-to-day. -day. If I didn't know an answer to something, I wouldn't make it up. I would call on my network and go, well, I might not be the person who would be able to answer this question, but who in my network would be able to help me to actually succeed and to make sure that I can get this across the line. So I think networks can be as small or as broad as you want them to be and they're, they're critical. Actually, that's really helpful. I think you've given us a different perspective, not just on 
using your network to get a job, but actually using your network to get stuff done. I really like the way that you've taken us through that, Carla. That was really helpful. So thank you. I I am actually also interested, uh, you've given me the sort of thinking around this concept of nurturing your network. Some of the, the answer that you had to the previous question made me think about this concept of your network is only ever going to be as good or as strong as the work you put into it. So don't not contact someone for five years and then randomly contact them and expect something. I think there's this concept of the work that you put into your network will be the strength that that network then plays back to you over time. What are your thoughts on that? I would I would definitely agree. I think it goes to that authenticity that I was talking about around in the end of the day, people in your network are still human beings. So if you treat someone in a way that you want to be treated, I think that's really important. For example, if you don't, like you said, if you don't contact someone for five years and then you out of the blue suddenly contact them, they might feel a little bit hesitant. And like you said, you haven't nurtured that. So they might feel like, hmm, what, you're only using me when you need me, for example. Whereas if you actually, if you're a human being about it and you nurture your networks, if you keep those relationships going again just just from a human perspective um and then you have them there in your side pocket when you need them I think that that's critical again for me that was something that I really hesitated on around not being authentic just looking like oh hey I'm talking to you because you're a general manager whereas actually if you if you respond to people and you treat them with respect with um in the way that you want to be treated I, I think that um by, by association, they can become, they form a part of your network and it's pivotal to nurture that on a daily basis. Yeah, it makes me think about this concept of one hierarchy. So I think that, that your uh, call to action to listeners is don't treat people because, you know, that you sort of see them as a superstar and they're senior to you. Actually, remember, they're just another person, another human being. And so... You know, approach conversations with those people like they're normal people. Otherwise, they might feel a bit off and a bit put off by the fact that you're treating them special when maybe that's not the way they want to be treated. That's spot on. I think also conversely when you have hierarchical people, for example, in my experience, let's say I was a little fish and there's a general manager so people would only talk to them that were head of, for example, and above. I actually think people really respect you when you don't think that way. For example, I never really cared about who I'd have conversations with based on their level. I would have conversation with a person based on them being a person I wanted to talk to and I would approach that with a form of confidence because I was just having a conversation with a human being, with another person. And I think in doing that, I always had relationships with quite senior people, potentially because, again, I just... I approached them like I would any other person and and maybe they respected that about me because I didn't let their title or how much they earned get in the way of me building those relationships. So that always bode well for me. Thanks. Some really, really great perspectives there. Really appreciate it. Probably the last question for me, Carla, I know that you mentioned when we first opened that you're currently on maternity leave and I know that actually whilst you've been on maternity leave you've been made redundant so for the first time in your working career you found yourself redundant without a role but you actually elected to leave to make a decision the very brave decision to actually leave the company the only company you've ever worked for and to take your chances somewhere else and you, you did say to me offline that you relied heavily on your network to actually get the 
leads that you got and, you know, very luckily you told me that you secured a job through that. So I think our listeners would be really, really keen to understand what that looked like and how. what was the process? Who did you talk to? Whose network did you use? And, you know, what did it lead to? Take us through it, please. Absolutely. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, look, it was certainly incredibly daunting. So um, I would definitely consider myself institutionalised before this. I worked for one organisation. My God, I don't even have a LinkedIn profile. I rested on my laurels a little bit, didn't have an up-to-date CV. So you can imagine, especially being out of the workforce for pretty much almost a year uh, when it happened, when my role was made redundant, just how daunting it would be to go, how do I even tackle this beast? I don't have a CV. I don't have a LinkedIn profile. I've only worked for one organisation. Where do I go? I can I can definitely say it was single-handedly the most daunting thing that I've ever had to um, go through. But again, being as honest as possible, networking is the only way that I was able to, number one, break it down and to also find this role. So I am the number one advocate for the importance of a network now. Again, like I said, I I wouldn't have been a few years ago because I was always quite sceptical around the concept of networking. Uh, So I'll I'll, I'll break it down on how it actually um, came to fruition. So what I decided to do, again, being a little bit worried about the part-time factor as well, so I am going back to work on a part-time basis. Again, even adding a little bit more of a daunting element to the whole the whole thing. I'm not just looking for a job. I'm looking for a part-time job in a new organisation coming back after not working for a year. So what I did was I thought I would test the market first and just use the network of those around me and test the market to see if there were any opportunities out there before making the decision to take my redundancy or not. So what I did is I actually reached out to my sister and my husband, who I would consider both quite well-networked people, to say, can you just put me in touch with a few people who you think would be great to have a conversation with and I'll go from there? And can I say the results have been more positive than I could have even imagined. Uh, So what they did was my sister and my husband gave me, I think it was around five or six names all up. And what they did was they initially reached out to those people on my behalf, very, very kind of them, to say, look, here's my sister. This is her situation. Are you happy for her to reach out to you? So again, this is why nurturing your network is so important. It's reaching out to that person and going, can you please help me? So they uh, reached out to their networks and came back with those names who were more than happy to have that conversation. And I think that's another important lesson. Generally, people are happy to help you and they're happy to have that conversation. So feel confident enough to put yourself out there. Of course, it's daunting. It's like going on a blind date with someone. It's quite daunting. But what I did was I took those five or six names and I sent them a text, all, you know, similar um, text or email, all similar information to say, hi, my name is Carla. Um, XYZ has given me your details. Would you be comfortable to catch up? I would love to hear a little bit about you and just to get your advice. And I think it's important as well to really relate to people on a human level, as I've mentioned, and to kind of go, I want to hear about you, not necessarily going, I need a job. Can you please help me? It's going, why don't we catch up? Because don't put too much pressure on yourself for that conversation. It might just be a nice conversation and not much comes out of it or something might come out of it. Every conversation that I had, everyone was quite happy to catch up. Every conversation that I had was really positive. So someone either was like, yes, I have something available or I may have something available. And more often than not, if they didn't, they were happy to put me in touch with another person. So that's almost where your network will will snowball. One person will introduce you to another and to another. So... 
I had about five or six different conversations within that time. And what it actually led to was um, someone going, yes, I might have something available. Let's catch up. Let's catch up again. And it ended in a role. So it ended in me having a formal interview and securing a role on a part-time basis. So this was one of the people, like I said, that I blindly contacted. And um, as I mentioned, completely overwhelmed with the response, I had options coming out of my ears. I was quite worried that not only would I not be able to secure a role, but I wouldn't be able to secure a part-time role. But that was never an issue. People were really nice and upfront about it. And again, I, I had more options than I knew what to do with, which I never would have seen coming. So I think the moral of the story here is be prepared to put yourself out there. It can feel a little bit embarrassing and daunting, you know, sending a blind note to someone to say, hey, you've never met me. Are you happy to catch up? And sending them, you know, catching up like you're on a blind date in in the foyer of a building. But people are nice. People are generally happy to have a conversation. And let's be honest, people are happy to talk about themselves. So if you really almost stroke someone's ego, to be perfectly honest, and go, please tell me about your career, they're always happy to share their insights. And most people are just nice enough to give you more information, to give you a chance. And people will be honest. No one gave me the runaround and pretended like it was something that it wasn't. I always knew where I stood. So for me, I cannot advocate enough for the importance of a network. Wow, listeners, how much gold was in that? Carla had me hanging on every word. You know, I think that she gave us so much around the importance of not being shy, asking people who you know to put you in touch with others. And I just want to add also one thing that Carla said really struck out for me and that is people are really willing to have a conversation with you and humans want to help other humans. And the fact that someone has vouched for you first, so they've reached out to a person and said, hey, this is a person I know, they're a quality person, give them a go, this is a bit about them, I vouch for them, will you have a coffee with them? The fact that someone's willing to put themselves out there first, I think that says a lot to the person that you're reaching out to because for them it's a sign that the person believes in you and it's worthy of their time. So I really think there was so much to think about. Carla, I can't thank you enough on behalf of Max, me, on behalf of James and I and and on behalf of our listeners. Thank you so much for spending the time with us and giving us those insights. Thank you so much for having me and all the best to everyone who's listening. Hello, listeners. This is James from the future in the editing booth actually And we were planning on having a second guest speaker on the episode, but unfortunately they fell ill. So I'll hand you back to past James to continue with the end of the episode. Wow, Ren, what a really insightful and and really amazing episode. I actually got so much out of it and I've really changed my opinion and approach to networking from from listening to, to this episode. Before we sign off for another episode, uh, we still have to do our episode summary. So here goes. If you've got people who you know can open doors for you, then ask those people to help you. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed to call upon your network or ask someone else to use their network to help you. It's a competitive world and it can help you get you where you need to go. Networking isn't always about talking about your work or how they can potentially help you get a job. It can just be having a normal conversation which forms the basis for a friendship. 
going and talking to people and practicing your storytelling is the only real way you'll get better at communicating. We know that networking kind of feels like you're forcing a conversation for the sake of it or using people for their title or connections. However, it's really the opposite. Networking is a day-to-day thing. It's forming and building relationships with everyone around you in all your interactions. Network isn't just about getting a job, but it can also be used to get tasks done. If you don't know how to do something, you can call upon your network to help you complete a task or learn a new skill. Your network is only as strong as the effort you put into it. Not contacting someone for five years and then randomly calling them is not likely to work. Your network needs to be grounded in authenticity and mutual nurturing. Remember, they're normal people too. Well, that concludes another episode of The Other Side Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we really hope you got a lot out of today's episode. If you did, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear it. And I guess with that, we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.